Welcome to the Potter's House North podcast. We hope you'll be blessed by today's message. Potter's House family, it is Pastor Travis here, and I am excited. I am elated to be with you uh, in the continuation of our Better series that's centered around our relationships and centered around having better relationships. I want to just thank Pastor Brady for uh, allowing me to be a part of this, to contribute uh, so that those that are watching and those that are part of this local church and those that will view us from around the world uh, can take a glimpse inside of your own life, inside of your own relationships, and simply make them better. I believe that so many people aim to be perfect in things, but I really believe that God is calling us simply to be better. So in this second installment of this series, I'm going to be speaking from this particular subject, the truth about trust. The truth about trust. Uh, you know, one of the things that I, uh, that I love um, is sports. And more importantly, uh, if we would dial down to the exact sport, it is football. And I've had countless uh, conversations personal conversations, uh, to watching documentaries, um, watching these superior athletes that, you know, have an overemphasis, not just on skill, not just on talents, not just on defensive schemes and offensive schemes. Uh, but one thing that they all say that is essential to the life of their team, and that is trust. And I believe that Trust is one of the necessary things, essential things for better relationships. You know, um, when you look up the definition of what trust is, trust is the confidence in or reliance on one or on some quality or attribute of a person or a thing. Uh, or it is a truth of a statement, a quality of being trustworthy, fidelity, and loyalty, and um, a real, real trust is developed over time. But I think this is problematic in our culture and our society because I believe that our culture in and of itself is built around being dishonest, not being truthful, telling lies, telling untruths. Uh, propaganda and those things. And I believe that we have to be careful as believers that we don't employ that same mentality into the lives of our relationships. I believe that, that, that real trust is developed over time. And, and trust is not simply based on a person's intent, but it is proven by their behavior or their actions. It may begin as a thought. It may begin as an idea. Your friend recommends you a doctor and says that this person is incredible. This person, this doctor's office is immaculate. Uh, th their customer service is, is, is amazing. But when you get there and actually experience what your friend told you, it started out as a feeling. It started out as a thought. It started out as an intent. But until you get there and actually have the experience for yourself, they have to in some way prove these actions to you. It begins, truth sometimes begins as a feeling, but it is always developed through actions. 
And I believe in our relationships. I believe in marriages. I believe in friendships. I believe in work relationships that there has to be a, a real emphasis on trust. There has to be a real emphasis on us being honest with each other. Uh, it has to be an overemphasis that we must be able to create a space where we can have each other's back, that we can come to each other and be truthful and honest and dialogue and, and, and people not get offended. But though, I'm, I'm going to get to that later in, on, in this message, but I really do believe that trust is something that people don't even like to talk about. That people have experienced things, maybe you have experienced things along your life that people have uh, disrespected or they have betrayed your trust. And now you don't want to trust anybody. That you don't want to trust people that are closest to you. That, you. that it looks like you trust people. It looks like you have real relationships with people. But to be honest, in the deep corridors of your heart and your mind, you really have a complex because of the betrayals, because of the mistrust, because of the things that have happened to you over in your life. And guess what? I respect that. I respect your journey. I expect your experiences. And I believe that this message today is really going to unpack some of these truths and some of these ideas that I, I believe that will help you build relationships that are quality, that are healthy, that are built on not a lie, but built on the truth. You know, when we think about, you know, one of the things is when we think about uh, betrayal or we think about the ways in which uh, 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 our trust is betrayed or we think about uh, mistrust or we think about how trust is broken, uh, immediately what comes to most Christians' mind is a moral failure. We immediately think about uh, infidelity or domestic violence. We immediately think about these things and it is warranted uh, but these are not, in my experience, uh, not only as a pastor, but also someone who does counseling, uh, I have experienced that, 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 that betrayal comes in different forms. It doesn't just always come in the form of uh, infidelity. It doesn't just come in the form of domestic violence. It doesn't just come in the form of having multiple wives. It doesn't just come in the form of, of, of what we think it should come in. But, but could it be that, that, that loaning uh, uh, your family member, your brother, a chunk of your savings and not consulting your spouse about it could be a form of betrayal or, or, or getting married uh, and never telling your new bride that you're not rich that, that, and you're not powerful, uh, but you actually are none of these things or that you didn't graduate from where you say that you graduated from or um, your friend has been diagnosed with a, a disease, has been diagnosed with cancer and you, are, you said that you would be there for them but in some ways you have not even seen them, have not even checked on them, have not even uh, uh, consulted them, have not even went to a treatment and you promised them that you would be there for them. And there's nothing that's changed in your schedule. You promised them that you would be there for them, but they can't find you. And what does that friend feel like? That friend feels betrayed by their friend. What, what, about, what about mistrust where you, you've agreed to move in uh, an in-law without consulting your spouse? 
or the very consideration of consulting someone else, but because you have the power to do it or because you have the power because you make the most money in the relationship, you feel as though all I have to do is say it and it is done uh, without considering other people. Or just major or making just family decisions about what we're going to do and where we're going to go or making major purchases without consulting your spouse after a brutal argument over finances. Or never setting boundaries in your blended family with how you will discipline your children together. And the moment that something comes up, the moment that something arrives and you realize that that person has not given you that place, you thought they, that you had that place because you were, a, quote unquote, a family. But because there's no boundaries, there's mistrust. And when, you, when mistrust is developed, resentment is developed. There's a lot of things that we can consider. What, what about the friend that, 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 that tells you? That they're going to be there for you, that they're going to show up, that they're going to be on time. But as you have looked over the last 10 years of your life in that relationship, they have never been on time. Now, they expect you to be on time. They expect you to be on point. They expect you to do everything that they have asked you to do. But the moment that you ask them to do something for you, there's always an excuse. But what about the person who, who always uh, who's always in trouble, the person that can never be trusted with your truth, the person that is always getting into things that can never get it right. After they made promise after promise after promise that they're going to get it right, they always find themselves in the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong thing. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you, that betrayal and mistrust are real. And I don't know which feels worse, being betrayed or dealing with the consequences of betraying someone. You know, in this quarantine season and in this time where couples and families and friends and individuals and family members are most in close proximity, you, we can't escape our problems. We can't escape our issues. We can't escape these things. We're spending more and more time uh, 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 together in the same place. Some of you have may, maybe over the last few months have seen some of these issues rise back up. Some of the issues, some of the arguments, some of the, 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 the discord and divisiveness. And, and maybe, maybe some of you are experiencing that right now that you are, are, are over the last several months that you have experienced some things that have been very traumatic. That some, you realize that, 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 that you, in the busyness of life, you have avoided the very conflicts. You have avoided the very issues that have come up that that is very easy to escape when both of you are working outside of the home or somebody's working at home and somebody's working away it's very easy to escape it because we're not seeing each other like or some 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 friends or some other family members it's easy to escape it because I don't see you face to face because we're not having family functions the way that we usually have those family functions uh, 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 and it seems as though but now but now 
now, some, some couple, some relationship, because you are in very close proximity, you are finding yourselves butting heads. You're finding tensions rising. You are finding the anger and the arguments, and you're finding that there's no resolve. And because, to, to be honest, to be honest, Sometimes we have unresolved issues and we think time is going to heal those unresolved issues, but time moves on, but time does not heal it. I'm sorry somebody lied to you. They told you that time is going to heal it. Well, let me tell you what the truth is. The truth is that time will give you space to work on what you have. I want to tell you, when betrayal shows up, in my experience as a counselor, as my experience of, of doing spiritual guidance, my, in my experience when betrayal shows up, when mistrust shows up, when these issues come up, it's hard. It's difficult. It's painful. And maybe somebody who's watching me right now, you know, you're finding out that your life, the history of your life. You, maybe you found out that your biological father or, or who you thought was your biological father, the person that you were raised with, was really not your father or your mother. Or you end up finding out that, that your boss, who is your friend, has been keeping you from a promotion on your job. You discover that people are having side conversations about you. Maybe that's you and you are experiencing, or maybe you have experienced, just experienced some news in your family of a betrayal of mistrust because the holidays are on the rise. And maybe you're hurt by what your sister said, and maybe you're hurt by what your spouse said. And I want to tell you, it's painful. It gets chaotic. It's frustrating. And I expect you I expect you to be angry. I expect you to have some frustrations. I, I expect you to grow cold. I expect you to feel threatened because when, you're be, when your trust is betrayed, you feel unsafe. You're not sure who to trust. You have questions. You have doubts and you have fears. You have things that you are experiencing. As a matter of fact, and some of you, when you experience pain, when you experience distrust, when you experience betrayal, you look to find someone to validate your pain. You look for someone to understand what you're going through. You look for someone to kind of help you cope with what you're going through. Sometimes you find that person, sometimes you don't. But, but the internal battles, the mental battles of even not feeling like you're good enough, not even feeling like, what did I miss along the way? Did I say something? Did I do something? What, what, what happened? Why didn't I see the signs? Why didn't I see it? Why, didn't, why did I trust what he said? Why did I trust what she said? We have been friends such a long time. We've been married for 30 years. How couldn't I see this happen? Why? Why? I, I've been so faithful. I've been so uh, 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 faithful. I've been so punctual I've been a great person to them why couldn't I see it you end up questioning everything about yourself what did I do what, what did I do am I not good enough you end up questioning yourself and as you question yourself you end up questioning that person you end up becoming even more furious and angry because you didn't see it coming then now there are some things that people that we do avoid 
Go on. Here's the thing. The truth about trust is that some things that God send us red flags, he sends us red flags for us to recognize what is happening. But because but because in our own self, we want what we want when we want it. We avoid the red flags. We avoid the things that tell us no. We avoid the stop signs and we run the red light and we run right through the stop sign. Because we want what we want. And now we're dealing with the repercussions of being betrayed by something that God gave us the signs to. Now there are, on the other hand, there are situations that will arise. There are situations that will come into your life that you will not see coming. That you checked out that person, checked all the boxes. And they really hid their truth from you. But I want to tell you that some of us have to be very, very careful. Not to be naive to fall for everything. That we cannot be naive to trust everybody. Not to ask questions. Not to be considerate of our own self. That sometimes people can be single so long that anybody that speaks to them in a nice tone, in a nice voice with the, that looks nice to them, they take interest in and avoid everything. You don't vet. You don't look back. You don't you don't follow that person. You don't you don't ask them questions. All you want to do, only thing you want to do is be happy. But but don't realize that just because a person is interested in you doesn't mean that they are always for you. It may seem as though they're interested in you. But they're not always for you. And I want to help you today. I want to help you today in some of your relationships. What I want you to know is that when you experience betrayal, it's going to feel chaotic. It's going to feel crazy. You're going to feel like you're losing your mind. You're going to feel like you want to do something. You're going to feel crazy. You're going to look crazy. And you're going to want to do something crazy. Stop what you're doing. Don't do nothing crazy. Don't shoot nobody. Don't cut nobody. Don't get your girls, you know, because women, once they go through betrayal, they call all their girls. We going. They're putting Vaseline on, boxing gloves, putting on some sweat, and they're ready to go fight. They're ready to show up at somebody's job. They're ready to do something. They're ready to do something crazy. I want to tell you that that, that, that I understand that you want to do something crazy because you feel crazy, but you need to stop. Don't do nothing crazy. Don't do anything that you're going to regret. I know you're going to feel it. I know you're going to cry. I know you're going to be angry. I know your heart is broken. I know you are overwhelmed. I know it feels as though your spirit is crushed. I know it feels as though I need to take vengeance. I know you are resentful. But that's not the way that you should handle your pain. Sometimes what feels right is not always right. I've learned something very valuable. That my reaction to something should not always be my response to something. That I can react because of what I see. But in public, that should not be my response. That how I feel internally about something. Because you're going to want to do something crazy. 
You're going to want to fight. You want to pull somebody's hair out. You want to go blow, <laughs> blow your former job completely up. You want to go slash some tires. Oh, let's just be real. Let's not act like, oh, everybody just so sanctified and so cute and so vengeance is the, says the Lord. Vengeance is the Lord. I'm going to let the Lord fight my battles. No, 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 no. Don't act all phony. Don't act all fake. Don't act all crazy. Like, listen, don't. Don't get brand new on a brother because some of y'all want to fight. Some of y'all want to take them heels. Some ladies, you want to take those heels off, put your tennis shoes on, and you want to. Need I say more? Say la. But the truth of the matter is that when it, after you feel all of what you feel, the chaos of what you feel, the world sinking in on you, and you feel like you can't move beyond where you are. You feel as though you can't move beyond the betrayal. You feel as though you can't shake how you feel. The question that I often get is somebody says, how can I cope with this? How can I make it through this? The fact that you're asking me, can I cope with it? Can I make it through is a sign that you're coping with it. Just because you're crying through it, just because you're, you're low, just because you're not, you're not where you feel as though you're supposed to be doesn't mean you're not making it through. I believe, here's what I do believe. I do believe that we are ministers of reconciliation. Now, there are people who get divorced and there are people who sever friendships and they may be warranted. Those friendships may be warranted. The severance of relationships may be warranted. Business relationships may fall apart because of whatever. But there is a part that I believe that every relationship shouldn't have irreconcilable differences. That every relationship in your life is not salvage, salvageable. I believe that, that there are relationships and friendships. And maybe you are on the brink. Maybe, maybe your marriage is on the brink of falling apart because of betrayal or because of mistrust. Or because you've kept some things inside that you've seen and that you've heard. And you feel as though, you know what, I just want to give up. I don't know what to do. I love them, but I don't trust them. I like our life, but I don't trust them. I don't trust her. I don't trust them. I don't trust them. I trust my spouse, but I don't trust her family. I want to tell you that you are going to have to decide if this relationship, friendship, life that you have is worth fighting for. Is it worth fighting for? You're going to have to ask yourself, is this worth fighting for? If there's any hope, if there's any glimpse of hope, Pastor, you don't know. This is the fifth time. You don't know. This has been the third time. You don't know. There's been no change over the course of this experience. I didn't ask you that. I asked you, is it worth fighting for? And I want to tell you that it takes two people to fight. 
Not just one person. Not just, not just one person. It takes both parties, especially in a marriage. It takes both parties. In a friendship, it takes both parties that are willing to fight for their friendship, to fight for their marriage, to fight for that relationship. And let me tell you something. When you start to try to rebuild, you go, where do I go? What do, what do I do? What do I say? I want to tell you that the rebuilding process, let me be honest, I tell you the truth about trust, that is difficult. Proverbs 18, which is my key verse for this sermon today, Proverbs 18 and 19 in a new living translation says, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separated friends like a gate locked with bars. I want to tell you that when betrayal shows up, it's hard to win back trust. It's very difficult to win back trust. When there's a betrayal, when there's mistrust, it's very hard. But notice I didn't say it's impossible. It takes time to rebuild. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes strength. It takes everything you have to build it. Now, here's the thing. You're building retrust. When you're rebuilding trust, It still feels terrible. It feels terrible. There's a lot of questions. One man asked me in a counseling session, he says, man, I'm telling you, it's been eight months. And it seems as though I can't move. We, we, we're not moving beyond her asking me all of these questions. Let me tell you something. You need to man up. You need to man up and accept the fact that there's going to be questions and you're going to have to answer. The, the, the goal for you is to have a contrite spirit, an honest spirit, a, a, a honesty, and to just apologize. You're going to say you're going to feel like a broken record. I am sorry. You're going to say I am sorry a thousand times. And what happens most of the time when the betrayer is contrite and they feel sorry and they feel as though that the sorry is supposed to move beyond the trail betrayal they start and get angry at the other person because when are you going to get over it and let me look at you and tell you woman let me look at you and tell you man that guess what that I don't have a time limit I don't have a time or a date when it's over but all I can tell you to do is that when it comes up you need to be honest when it comes up, you need to be willing to say, I'm sorry. A contrite spirit, a, a, a repentant spirit toward the person that you have hurt is necessary. Well, I'm just ready to move on. But guess what? You didn't say we were ready to move on. Woo! You said, I'm ready to move on. But guess what? This ain't about you. This is about us. This is about we. This is, a, this is not just about you wanting to move on. This is about us. And maybe God is trying to do something in the us because it's been the you, it's the been the I that got us into this trouble anyway. So it feels terrible trying to heal, trying to rebuild, 
trying to apologize, trying to make everything right, trying to take that friend out to lunch, trying to make things at peace, trying to be a friend again, trying to be a lover again, trying to date your spouse again. Sometimes it feels terrible. But this is what I recognize. It's like when you have an infection and you start to take antibiotics. Are you suddenly going to be all better after you follow the, the first pill? Of course not. Why? Because it doesn't mean that the medicine isn't working. It's working. It's how working works. With that first pill, real healing has started even though you initially feel just as bad as you did before. So I want to tell you, I don't have this sermon doesn't have any magical steps. What I'm going to share with you as the building blocks to get back, to rebuild your relationships and your friendships, to rebuild this thing, it's not magical. I'm going to tell you that it won't hurt sometimes. It's going to be chaotic. It might be messy. It's not going to be easy. <laughs> An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. But is the friend worth it? Are you willing to fight for it? Are you willing to do whatever you can to win them back? And this is one of the things that I believe, that I believe I have seen it. Countless times, over and over again, and I believe it works. See, 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 most of the time people just want to pray about things. I, I believe we're supposed to pray about things. I want to pray that the marriage is restored. I want to pray that the friendship is, I want to, re, I want to pray that the family gets back together. And I believe we should, are supposed to pray. But the Bible doesn't always describe or gives us steps on how to repair these things. Now, the Bible will support this idea, but it does not always provide us with the necessary steps on how we're supposed to do what we need to do. But I want to share something with you in my professional experience that I believe a few things you can work on to be better. For your marriage to be better, for your friendships to be better, for your family to be better, for your business relationships to possibly be better. Here's the thing that I've discovered in counseling. Here's one of the things that I've discovered. That once I sit down with both parties, even though that there is a betrayer and the one that has been betrayed, there are issues on both sides that have led to the betrayal. Oh God. That when we look at the whole relationship and the scope of the, of the friendship and the scope of the relationship, even though someone has be, been betrayed, that's not the full scope of the relationship. And that's a tough pill for us to swallow sometimes. Because we want to deal with the pain of how this person hurt me. But no, wants, no one wants to deal with the root of the issue that has started the chaos in the first place. 
No one wants to deal with the fact that you are argumentative. No one wants to deal with the fact that the man in the house doesn't want to have a conversation with you because you yell at him, you talk over him, you disrespect him. So guess what? Every man wants to be respected. Nobody wants to be married to their mama. They got a mama. Uh-oh, I'm going to get in trouble right here. They already got a mama. They don't need mama number two. Can we talk like we are adults? Husband, she doesn't want, she wants to be loved. She wants to be nurtured. She wants to feel as though she's your woman. Not your servant. To wait on you hand and foot. She wants to feel as though she is your queen. So there are always things underneath the surface. Once we unpack, there are layers to this. Now we see what happens. We see what, what, when resentment festers. And we see the, 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 the effects of it. But when you sit before me, we deal with the cause. And let me tell you that the cause is on both sides. The cause is that the relationship itself, we deal with the pain, we deal with the betrayal, but we also got to deal with the issue. And sometimes the effects ain't really the issue. It's what has caused it. It's the layers beneath the surface that have caused this betrayal. And I want to tell you, Let's level the playing field in the relationship. That both of us have to do something to repair the relationship on both sides. Here's what I recommend. You say, Pastor, what do you recommend? Uh-oh. Here's what I recommend. Is that every marriage, relationship, friendship needs a safe place. A safe place is a place where I can be honest with you. Uh-oh. Honesty is not just telling you where you don't, where, where you haven't met my need. But, but, but honesty is also giving you pros and cons on how we can work on us. Not just live out our lives, but work on us. Everybody needs a safe place, which is a judgment-free zone. If I bring you an issue, I'm not attacking you, I'm attacking the issue. If there's something that I'm, that I'm concerned about, I don't need you to get defensive because this is a judgment-free zone. If I, I need to be honest. And most of the time, you know what ends up happening anyway? In order for me to deal with the layers and something, somebody has to be real honest. Somebody has to let it all hang out. And that's the beginning place of healing. That's the beginning of the safe place. When we come clean and we're honest about where we are, I'm telling you, every relationship needs to have a safe place. A man has to feel safe. Being able to share his fears and not have his masculinity questioned. 
that a man can be emotionally secure with himself but still speak to his wife and knows that she's not going to think, you just need to man up. You just need to be strong. You just need to be whatever because we've been taught as men to not complain about things. We've been taught just man up. Just do what you're supposed to do. But the truth of the matter is when men sit before me, they have a, they have, they talk all the whole session. Why? Because they've never been given the outlet to be honest with themselves. They've never been given the outlet to be real with themselves, to be real with their thoughts. And we need safe places where we can talk about what's bothering in us. Let me tell you that in a safe place, it's not always, sometimes, oh God, the safe place is for, it's for us to share without always the other person feeling as though you got to fix it. My first building block of this safe place is learning to listen. I don't need you to fix it. I don't need you to come up with a strategy. I don't need you to plan anything. What I just need is I need your undivided attention. I need you to get off Instagram. I need you to turn the real housewives off. I need you to get off your group chat with your friends. And I just need, I need you to listen to me. I need you to hear me because I would tell you everything you need to know if you would really listen. And what I realized is that, that, that we have great communication skills but poor listening skills in our relationships. That we don't hear what people are saying and what they're not saying. That we're not really listening to each other to interpret what we hear. We interrupt each other. Oh, I can't stand being interrupted. I don't know about y'all, but I cannot stand somebody interrupting me. I cannot because I am in the flow of my thoughts. And in relationships, you need a safe place where people are listening, not so that they are being heard, but so that I can first listen and understand what you're saying. I got to get through this. The next building block, there's more here, but the next building block is make each other feel like they matter. People have to feel as though not only what I'm saying matters, but that I matter. And let me tell you, let me tell you, we have busy lives. Sometimes we're running on empty. Sometimes it feels as though things are just chaotic and I don't have time. I don't have time to let you know that you are matter. But let me tell you, if you're going to build a safe place where we're listening to each other, there's nothing wrong with taking out time, taking out a moment, taking out a minute to say you matter. To say I appreciate you. To say, I, you know what, I appreciate what you did. Thank you for doing this. Sometimes it's not the big things. It's not that you have to bring flowers home every single week, a dozen roses every single week, rose petals on the floor every single week. But it's suggesting that when you're, when you're sad about not, when your spouse is sad of not being able to accomplish something, that you would emotionally connect with your spouse I say, guess what? You're still amazing. 
that fell through, but that doesn't mean that you are a failure. That you matter to me. You matter to this family. Your sacrifices matter. Maybe you travel. Maybe you're away from your family. And maybe, 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 you know, you're okay. You're, you, it seems as though you're okay with traveling and being away. But sometimes all a man wants is to feel as though he matters. That what he does for the family is appreciated. Not just on Father's Day. But I want to just thank you for what you do for us. For who you are to us. For helping us. For giving us a good name. It is knowing that each person matters. And listening, listening is going to help. And you're going to be able to avoid betrayal. Because when people don't feel like they matter, they go places where they feel that they will matter. Number three, what needs to be in this safe place is everybody has to be fair. Oh God, let's be fair. Why do I have to meet you 50-50? You make most of the money. Why do I have to do 50-50? <laughs> why does it have to be, why do the bills have to be split 50-50 when you make most of the money? Why, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do that? Why do I have to, I just got home from work. Why do I have to do dinner? Can't you do dinner sometimes? All these things come up. All these things we have little petty arguments over. It's because we won't be fair. We won't respect each other to the point. We want to win the war. We want to win the argument and realize that nobody at the end of the day wins the argument. Everybody ends up hurt in the argument. You may feel like you've won because the other person starts to be quiet, but no one wins when we attack each other. No one ends up winning. No one ends up Winning the argument just because you said a few words? The truth of the matter is we need to be fair. And sometimes it won't be, it won't always be fair. Sometimes it won't always be equal. Sometimes it won't always be equal time. But we, we, we can appreciate people. We can validate their presence. We can make people feel like the thing is balanced when we would not just try to prove our point. But let them know I hear you. And what can I do to contribute to make sure that we, this seems balanced. You know when things are out of balance. It won't always be perfect. But let me tell you, you move away from resentment when people feel as though you care. And the only way sometimes that you can be fair in something is to contribute. Sometimes it is asking the other person, how can I help? What can I do? Not saying that this is your job and this is your role and this is your responsibility. But what can I do to help on the back end of this? Number four, 
Learn how to make decisions together. Oh my God, that's a big one. Couples and relationships, making decisions together. Making decisions together. Spending the time to not just say, well, just do what you want. Or you always going to have it your way. If it ain't your way, it's the highway. No, 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 no. If you really build a, a, a great safe place where there's no resentment, there's no anger, there's no bitterness, there won't be any betrayal. If you're going to be uh, betrayal proof your relationships in your life, I want to tell you, learn how to make decisions together. Because when you get the listening thing right, when you want to be fair, when you want to be honest, you learn how to make decisions together. You learn how to say, you know what, we need a plan in this area. We need a plan on what we're going to eat for this week. We're going to start on Sunday. We're not just going to think about it on Monday. What are we going to eat? What are we going to eat? What, are we gonna, what do you want to eat? I want to eat Chinese. I want, I want, no, 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 I want Italian. I want this. I want that. So we go back and forth for reasons why we want it. Why, well, you always want Italian. And then now, out of something so petty, comes to expose this big argument over food. When all we had to do was create a plan. And make a decision together that Tuesday night will be <laughs> Taco Tuesday. <laughs> That's an easy one. That if we would work together, let me tell you, let me give you a challenge. Five minutes. All you need is five minutes. Take five minutes and just work it out. Five minutes. Don't always just give up. Well, just do what you want. No, 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 no. That creates resentment. That creates a, a, a walls. That creates distance. That says, you, it, it's your choice. It's just do what you want. No, 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 no. You both have to engage and, and try to figure it out. Both of you. Because guess what? Everybody's not going to agree on the same thing. But this is where it starts when we just take a few minutes to talk it through. To talk the variables through. Say, what can we do? Are you going to pick it up again to create a plan? We're in this together. We're going to work this out together. I'm going to contribute. And what can I do? What can we do to work it out? Number five. Don't belittle each other. God, if I can tell you anything, watch this. It's not just in what you say. It's also in your facial expressions. That somebody can be in a safe place, feel as though they're in a safe place, being honest with you. But your facial expressions tell everything. Don't belittle people with, 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 with words. Don't say you're, that's stupid. Don't say you're ignorant. Don't, 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 don't. Portray an attitude or feeling as though what you're saying is beneath you. That if you're in a relationship, there's something that they brought to that relationship that is valid. Don't belittle people. Don't intimidate people. As though their opinions don't matter. People don't want to feel small. And when people feel small, when you make other people feel small, they go somewhere else where somebody's going to make them feel big. And number six, don't be controlling. 
There's, a, there's the difference between a request and a demand. Don't be controlling. Don't be intrusive. I think every couple needs a certain amount of privacy. Their own individual time, but they also need to not feel as though there's somebody over your shoulder at all times. But when betrayal shows up, sometimes it does feel that way. That somebody's snooping on, the, the aftermath of betrayal, somebody's just snooping over your shoulders. They're trying to look to see if you're doing what you say. But listen, let me tell you, that's where you give it to God. Because if you're really going to have a safe place and you're really going to have the relationship that you desire from God, if you're really going to have the right friendships, a healthy friendship, you ain't going to have to snoop. You're going to say, you know what, at the end of the day, that's between you and God. I'm not going to look over your shoulder to try to figure out this and to figure out that. I'm not going to become your private investigator. If you're going to rebuild this, we're going to rebuild this right. I'm not going to be a private investigator to try to figure this out, to try to figure that out. No, 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 I ain't going to have nobody... <laughs> Post it up at your job. Listen, if you want this, prove it to me. Let your actions match what you said to me. And let me tell you this. At the end of the day, the pain that we feel, the trust that we lack with people, at the end of the day, it's not even about them. You know what it is about? It's making sure that we are individuals that others can trust. Psalms 139 and 23 through 24 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. But this is the verse that I love. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Sometimes we can look at our lives through the lens of not wanting to be betrayed. But I think it also starts with making sure that our heart is in the right place, that we are not, we are people and a person that can be trusted. Can you be trusted? Are you expecting something from other people that you don't expect from yourself? Are you expecting loyalty but not being loyal? Do your friends expect you to be truthful but you can't take their truth about you? Let me tell you that it all begins with us. That if we would be the people that can be trusted, I believe that we set a tone. I believe that we set a pace. We can be those individuals that can leave and have better relationships because it first began with us. Now, betrayal may happen. Mistrust may happen. I think it's a part of life. I think it comes and goes. 
but make sure that you are a person that can be trusted. Above else, above else, as I close in this moment, maybe you are watching us online for the very first time and you're having some trust issues with people that you're having some different things that have happened in your life, some disconnections, and maybe there's a marriage on the rocks right now. Maybe there are some friendships and relationships and families you're struggling right now because of, of what was said and what was done. I want to tell you that God wants to repair it. I want to tell you that God wants to lead us all in the way to repair these relationships. And I want to pray for your relationships today. I want, I want your relationships to be better. Our pastor, I believe that God has sent this word to you, that God has sent these principles and ideas to you to make your relationships better. Father, I thank you right now. And we love and we adore you. We appreciate you. I thank you because you institute family. You instituted relationships. It's one of the most first things that you did when you created the world. And I thank you because in spite of what the enemy has meant for evil, you have meant it for good. That in spite of the tactics of the enemy, in spite of the betrayals and the frustrations, Father, I thank you for unity. God, I thank you for bringing people together. I thank you, God, for touching lives. I thank you, God, for healing marriages. I thank you, God, for, for, for bringing about the safe places that we need so that we don't belittle each other, that we're fair that we're honest with each other, that we're listening to each other. I pray, God, that you would give us hearts that are not so aimed to prove our point. Oh, God, but point us back to what we should love first, and that is you. Point us back to the, the fact that, God, what you have brought together, what you have joined together, no man, no outside thing can put us under. I thank you, God, that you're strengthening us, that you're going to make us better, that you're going to make us better human beings, that you're going to, that in spite of the divisiveness in our world, in spite of the discord, in spite of what we see around us, in spite of the dishonesty that is around us, you're going to make us people of integrity, of character, that can live out your truth, that we can be people that can be trusted. We love you and we appreciate you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father's House, thank you so much for listening today. Thank you so much. I pray that this word blessed your life, blessed your family, blessed your friendships. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to have you join us online every Sunday morning at 9 and 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Streaming live at www.tphnd.org slash watch now or through our Potter's House North app.